0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Nerd Chatter Podcast, episode 18. Uh, Don is out this week. He had some teeth pulled, and it was kind of unpleasant, and he's not able to really talk this week. So this week, um, I have my wife, Ariana, joining us. Hello. How's your week?
1: It's been good.
0: Good. Um, as always, we're going to talk about the free games. Um, this week on the Epic Game Store until October 20th, we have Darkwood. It is a top-down indie survival horror game. Then also on the Epic Game Store until October 20th, we have Jam & Earl, Back in the Groove. It is a top-down retro gra- game, odd in both mechanics, story, and dialogue. Uh, Toe Jam definitely hints at that. You know? That was
1: solid.
0: Yeah. And in gaming events, we have a whole bunch of Halloween uh, related events going on. So uh, bear with me as I go through all of these. There's quite a few. In Rainbow Six Siege, we have Doctor's Curse, Dead by Daylight, Haunted by Daylight, Fortnite, Fortnite Nightmares, <laughs> GTA V, Judgment Day. PUBG, Dead by Daylight Crossover, Red Dead Online, Halloween Pass, Warframe, Orokin Festival of Death, Black Desert Online, a Halloween event, World of Warcraft, Hollow's End, and there's a rumored Call of Duty Warzone Halloween event, then Animal Crossing New Horizons, Jack's Halloween event. So, starting off our segments this week, we have our special guest, Ariana, and we're going to talk about Rings of Power. So, Ariana, tell us about your history with Lord of the Rings.
1: So, to start off, I love the Lord of the Rings. I grew up watching the 1977 version of The Hobbit. It's animated. It has lots of songs. Uh, Once upon a time, I could sing all of those songs. Um... And I remember when the movies first started coming out, my parents would talk about how awesome they were at the time. I was a little too young. Um, but by the time Return of the King came out, I was able to start actually watching them with my family. Um, and I've read The Lord of the Rings several times, The Hobbit several times. I read The Silmarillion once or twice, um, really I've just. I just really enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that when I went to college, I took a five credit literature elective on The Lord of the Rings, um, and that was an incredible experience. It was a lot of fun. We wrote essays. We read all thousand and eight pages of the book and discussed different themes in it, different um, aspects of, of Tolkien's life, and how what he studied, and who he was played into the things he wrote. Um, We talked about how the Silmarillion and some of those older um, stories played into and connected to the book as well. Great.
0: So, first off, let's just get some background information on the Rings of Power. So, how does it fit into the Lord of the Rings canon? Does it fit into the literary canon, movie canon? Is it its own thing?
1: It's kind of its own thing, um, it definitely feels like it exists in that world, um, and it is based on, inspired by some of those old stories from the Second Age and Silmarillion and the Lost Tales, um, so, yeah, that's kind of a complicated question.
0: Okay, that's fine to have it be complicated. Are there uh, familiar characters, locations, um, in Rings of Power that, um, are similar or, so let's just start off with there. Are there familiar characters in Rings of Power?
1: Absolutely. So Galadriel plays a big part, Elrond plays a big part, and then there are, um, names that come up, um, that you read about in The Silmarillion. I don't know if everyone knows what the Silmarillion is, but it's a collection of stories that Tolkien wrote before he wrote The Lord of the Rings. Um, It was edited by his son, Christopher, um, and it is basically uh, mythology. It's a background to The Lord of the Rings, to The Hobbit. Um, It is something that he worked on throughout his life and made um, alterations to the stories, he added things, he took things away. It was definitely a work in progress throughout his life. Um, and so some of those stories, those characters come up in the rings of power, um, in addition to some of those older, um, elven lords that we meet in the Lord of the Rings.
0: So with the characters that we do get introduced to, uh, are familiar, how are they different?
1: The biggest thing is that they're just younger. Um, There's a couple Mm -hmm. of things that are, I guess, important to know about Middle-earth and the way that it works. Um, It's divided up into these three ages. And in the first age, there's a huge creation story and there are gods and demigods, basically. Um, The Valar. and. The, the forming of Middle-earth, it's really, there's a lot of power in that. In the Second Age, the Elves are a little bit less powerful, but they're still in- incredibly powerful. There are some, um, some shapeshifters, there are some incredible craftsmen. Um, there's just a lot of power and things that the Elves and other, other beings can do. And by the Third Age, they become a lot less powerful. Um, more, I wouldn't say normal like humans, but um, their powers just diminished quite a bit. And so the biggest difference that you see in um, Rings of Power versus the Lord of the Rings is that these Elrond and Galadriel are younger and they have, they're still kind of in their prime, I would say. And so the power of that world is still strong, still so much stronger. Whereas once we get into the Lord of the Rings, the the um, the age of elves is is ending; it's coming to a close, and the age of men is really starting. So that I would say is the biggest difference.
0: Okay, what are the biggest similarities between those characters?
1: There aren't a lot of similarities that I've seen so far, except that they're just they're developing. Um, what's interesting that I have found. Um, about Galadriel is you can really see um, where some of the the darkness comes from in her, Um, especially when you think of that scene in The Lord of the Rings where um, Frodo offers her the ring and she says in place of a dark lord you would have a queen. Um, You can really see where some of that darkness comes from, where that um, interaction with evil has put that that grain of darkness in her. And so it's been interesting as I've watched this first little, little bit of the show to see where that character arc arc might come in. Um, Elrond I would say is totally different and I'm really excited to see his character arc. He's really just a doll. He's so cute. He's so sweet in the Rings of Power and he's really this brooding, um, sad old man in um, in The Lord of the Rings, and so I'm really curious to see how that goes.
0: So you were talking about the Ages. Um, when does Rings of Power take place?
1: So Rings of Power takes place in the Second Age. It is after the creation, after the fall of Morgoth, um, who is the, the demigod, who is kind of the big baddie. Um, and is after so after he's been defeated and Sauron, who was, I don't want to say his apprentice, but kind of his, his right-hand man, um, really comes into, comes into his own. Um, and it's when the rings are created, that's why it's called Rings of Power. We haven't quite gotten to that point in the show yet, um, but there are a lot of really powerful things happening at this point. Um, and it's before the decline of the elves. There's just a lot of things happening.
0: And it takes place in Middle-earth?
1: Ooh, good question. So for the most part, it takes place in Middle-earth, but it definitely talks a lot about Valinor or...
0: So for the viewers who don't know what Valinor is, please explain.
1: So Valinor is where creation happened. Um, That is the place that was first created, that is where the elves came into being, that's where the demigods, the Valar lived, um, and Middle-earth was kind of created after. And so there's this this space between Valinar, Valinor and that world, and Middle-earth and that world. There's um, ocean, there's sea that's between them, and the elves can travel back and forth to a point, um, but mortals are not able to do that. So while the story is taking place in Middle-earth, um, in the first episode where Galadriel and her, her cohort gets in the ship, they're headed, they're sailing um, to Valinor, and she decides to, to get off and to go back to Middle-earth because she feels like her her job's not done. She's not ready for the the peace. Um, She still has that darkness inside of her and she has things she needs to do.
0: So another thing that we've talked about, um, I'm sorry I didn't prepare you for this, you talked about um, in a previous discussion about the orcs. um, That we see orcs in the Rings of Power, right? And they don't look quite as similar as they do in Lord of the Rings. Can you elaborate on that
1: yeah so in the lord of the rings there are a few different kinds of orcs there are the goblins in moria that are Urukhai that were created in um isengard and there are the the orcs that live in in mordor and so you've kind of got these different different groups going on and when you look at the orcs from mordor they're very they're very bent they're kind of green gray Um, they're, um, very twisted creatures. Um, whereas in the Rings of Power, I would say that they're equally ugly, but they're a lot more upright. They're a lot more fair. Um, They have a different look to them. And my, my interpretation, my theory, is because their, their race is not as old. They're still a lot younger. And we get to meet one of those first, one of the first Uruks, um, whose name I'm totally spacing on. But he um, is one of those elves who was twisted and changed into an orc. That's the the history behind orcs. They were initially elves who were changed, who were twisted, who were broken, and became these Uruks. Um, And from the Uruks came all the other orcs. And so in Rings of Power, it's just interesting to see how how the orcs are the same and different. They're the same broken, twisted, nasty, um, cruel creatures, but they're not as physically broken as they are in The Lord of the Rings.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you haven't really seen a lot of this, the commentary online about Rings of Power.
1: Which was deliberate.
0: <laughs> Other than there's been a lot of negativity around it because there's, you know, different people playing different characters. And um, it's not exactly what people were expecting on some fronts. Um, what do you have to say?
1: I think that people get this picture in their mind. And this happens with Star Wars a lot, too. Where people Well, in make-
0: Marvel and anything that people get attached to over time wouldn't you say
1: yeah absolutely you get this picture in their head like this is what it is this is the lord of the rings this is star wars this is what it is and if it doesn't match with um my vision then it's not correct and so i think that that's a big problem not a problem but a big factor um with the negativity is it's not exactly like the lord of the rings and so it must not be right um i think a lot of people are also just not super familiar with the silmarillion and with the forgotten tales and with those older stories the mythology and so they're not as they're not able to catch on to those those callbacks and be like oh and be excited by them Um, which is definitely something that I enjoy, even if they're not super in-depth. I'm like, oh, Arendelle. I kind of know who that is. I remember that name. Um, And so getting some of those, um, they're not Easter eggs, but those, like I said, those callbacks, those little- Connections. Those connections, thank you, um, is really fun. Um, But going back to, oops, going back to your your question, People just get an idea in their head and it's not, when it's not what they want, then they're not, when it's not what they're expecting, then they're not happy. Um, and so I've really deliberately avoided, um, reviews and articles. I've really been, um, um, conscientious about that because I wanted to come into it fresh. I wanted to just watch the show and enjoy it and get my own opinion out of it without being jaded by whatever the internet was saying
0: very wise (laughs) um so on that general note i mean you mentioned star wars and i mentioned marvel and all these different you know things that people tend to uh or have grown accustomed to and we can say the same thing about star trek when the kelvin universe came out in 2008 with uh jj abrams Uh, take on Star Trek and you know people get these ideas of things that they want set in stone of what they they want. Um, I mean we've seen that with Star Wars and I mean I've I've definitely been guilty of holding on to certain things like you know I, I I don't like some of the the sequel movies because of how they treat certain characters but I'm open to the content. Um, It's not like I'm shunning everything else out. And I feel like you're the same way. I mean, we've been married for almost seven years. Um, So, like, we have that same frame of reference, if you will. Um,
1: I totally agree. I was a little bit skeptical when I heard that the Rings of Power was in production. I like, oh, man, well, I hope they do a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... Like I said, I made a really deliberate choice to leave behind my preconceived notions and um, ideas of what it should be so I could just enjoy it for what it is. And I've been really happy. I've been really impressed.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've been, after all the sequels and everything with Star Wars for me, I've um, really decided to to leave my preconceived notions out and just soak in the content and then render a verdict and see if i like it or not so i've been really pleased with mandalorian you can't really go wrong with that show um and uh boba fett was okay um wasn't the best uh, mainly because they just like you know shoehorned mando season 2.5 in there but andor's been great how do you feel about andor
1: oh it's been fantastic yeah Um...
0: We'll we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth in the roundup. Moving on to segment two. It's going to be kind of a short segment, but we're going to talk about lightsabers. Um, so we have Halloween coming up in roughly two weeks. So, everybody, you know, may want to be a Jedi for uh, Halloween this year, or maybe... Everybody. Everyone wants to be a Jedi. Come on. It's the thing. So, I just wanted to talk about a couple options to get, um lightsabers in a hurry two weeks out i mean most of the time um especially when you get from high quality sellers some of those might include like padawan outpost crimson dawn dark wolf vader's vault cc sabers um saber forge and many other um saber manufacturers and um custom manufacturers however they take time Um, you have a lightsaber in front of you
1: this is my beautiful lightsaber that you, Garrett, created for me. Well, I
0: love it. I, I didn't create all of it. So the the hilt we got from Saberforge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a couple weeks to get here. Then, you know, relatively, you know, a couple of years later, we were like, okay, it's time, time to put the insides in. Um, then it took a couple of weeks to get all the parts in. Um, but for, like, the main major manufacturers are not manufacturers but the the builders of these lightsabers and you know it takes time so um you can expect you know i think saber is eight to twelve week wait time after you you place your order some of the others might be two to three weeks so that's i mean that's cutting it really close to halloween you know we're two weeks out um Real quick, Saber Forge has a couple quick ship options, but they ship in one to two weeks, so it's kind of a gamble. Um, there's not a, a lot of other sellers that have quick ship options, but I know you want to turn on your lightsaber, right?
1: I sure
0: do. Go ahead. Let everybody hear it. And swing it around a little bit. Yeah. And clash it. Yeah. So um there's lots of different options and um the specific stuff that we got for ariana's lightsaber has a really nice soundboard on it
1: sorry (laughs) i'm so sorry
0: okay so it has a really nice soundboard and you know got the really nice speaker on it and um it can change to whatever color we choose so we just have to program the card a little bit so uh, zia sabers z-i-a sabers um, has a it's not exactly completely like luke's return of the jedi lightsaber but it, it's similar enough it's inspired by most people probably won't be able to tell the difference but for 320 dollars uh, actually three hundred dollars with a twenty dollar coupon um, you can get it to your door by October 19th. So, I mean, that's that's several days from now, but still before Halloween. Um, and it's uh, what's called Xenopixel. So the, the blade has all the lights in it and everything. Um, and it can change. Um, to, it has 12 specific preset colors and has some Um, several different sound fonts in it. Next up we have a Revan um, inspired hilt also with the Xenopixel technology um, for $230. There is a 5% coupon um, and all of these will be linked in the description below so please see our YouTube video or any other places that we'll have the links at and that is from Custom Saber on Amazon. Next up we have From the Kyber's store on Amazon, we have a very basic, what's called in-hilt lighting, which is what you have in your lightsaber. Um, It's really great for dueling, um, but there might be some inconsistency in how the blade is lit. Um, However, these are cheaper. So this one includes 11 changeable colors with um, only five sound fonts instead of you know the changeable uh, was it 10 no, 34 uh, with the Revan one and 12 with the the Luke one so uh, kind of low on the sound fonts um, which is better than um, you know one of those first lightsabers I made it would probably be six or seven years ago now it only had two sound fonts on it so it's still better than that but um, so from the kyber store there's a just a really plain looking black uh, hilt for $99. From the Custom Saber store, again, we have the same Revan inspired hilt. However, it's the in-hilt lighting instead of the Xenopixel lighting uh, with 12 sound fonts for 150 with an $8 coupon. We have another Luke inspired hilt, but again, in-hilt lighting. Um, and it'll be a little bit bulkier um, at the top there, um, just because they have to fit more in the little uh, emitter. Two hundred and thirty dollars. Then we have a another Luke-inspired hilt, except it's it's a little bit more derivative, and it's um, it'll be a lot easier to hold because there's no control box on it. So better for dueling. Two hundred dollars. And last up. There is a company called YDD Saber, it's extremely basic looking lightsaber, nothing fancy about it, and it's um, one uh, sound font to it, one color, uh, really basic, but they're $80 and they'll be uh, to your home by Thursday, October 20th, if you order today. So lots of options available to get lightsabers to you in a hurry. I definitely recommend going the custom route if you have the time there's great options on the market to get your favorite Jedi or Sith lightsaber moving on to the roundup Um, this week Meta uh, announced the Meta Quest Pro VR headset price is set at $1,500 and the new VR set features a smaller and lighter design than previous models EA Sports PGA Tour trailer uh, dropped, featuring swing animations that far exceed anything before it, including the current 2K series. Although not Tiger in um, the EA game, um, the course list is robust and features Augusta National. After the director Basim Tariq abruptly left production from Blade, Marvel has announced that all uh, future slated films will suffer a delay because of that um all the new dates are as follows blade is set from um, it was previously november 3rd of 2023 is now september 6 2024. deadpool 3 september 6 2024 to november 8th 2024 fantastic four november 8th 2024 to february 14th 2025 avengers secret wars November 7th, 25 to May 1st, 2026. It's kind of disappointing, huh? Yeah, but, I mean, you gotta do
1: what you gotta
0: do. Yeah. Delays happen in movies, but, you know, at, at least for Blade, that's a year delay. Um, everything else is only a few months, uh, relatively. I mean, other than Secret Wars, that's like six months. So hopefully... They'll be able to find a good director to replace in Blade. I'm sure they've already found one. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Do you know who Dwayne Johnson is? He's
1: The Rock.
0: Very good. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Okay, so he is. Um, he is starring. I don't know if you knew this, Ariana, that he is starring in a movie called Black Adam. It is a DC movie. Um, so like in the DCEU, Universal so Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. um, Joker, the, those types of characters, right? So, um, he's starring as Black Adam, which is kind of the, the anti-Shazam, if you will. Very basic description there, okay? Okay. So, he's having his own movie come out. And, um, anyway, so Dwayne Johnson has shed most of the apprehension behind announcing a Henry Cavill cameo. However, it is all but confirmed. Um, so, we are expecting a Superman appearance and she's Shaz- in uh, a shazam villain movie not sure what to expect on um, the um, I, I mean i've seen rumors that he'll be wearing the blue and red suit but um that's like the more you know classic look however i have also heard that there's possibility of the black suit which there's significance in, from the comics for that um so we'll see how that rolls john carpenter has voiced interest in making a Dead Space uh, film. Do you know what Dead Space is? Nope. It is a horror video game. Now you know. Um, So he says, quote, that would make a real great movie. I could do that. John Carpenter is known for his obsession with video games and love for the art form more than any other director in Hollywood. Dune, part two, has a release window now of November
1: 2023.
0: Very, very cool. Yep. In sad news this week, uh, Robbie Coltrane, who is a comic performer who's played several iconic characters, including Hagrid from Harry Potter, uh, died at age 72. Um, When I saw the news on Reddit this week, I was like, oh, that's really sad. Um, Hagrid is probably one of... Um, he's definitely in the top tier of my Harry Potter favorites. Do you have a favorite scene with Hagrid?
1: You know, Hagrid has plenty of good scenes, but my favorite is definitely the introductory one where he just breaks through the door with <laughs> his pink umbrella mm-hmm. um, looking so... just big and powerful and... Rough and yet, even in that first little scene, he's charming and funny. And I don't know, that's probably my favorite scene just that introduction. Like, this is Hagrid, and he um, portrayed that so perfectly. And um, definitely was what I had imagined from reading the books.
0: Right? I definitely feel the same way. Um, Another one of my favorite scenes is probably when he's carrying what he assumes to be a dead Harry. There's so much emotion and Robbie did such a good job in portraying that. Moving on to some dumb news. Um, Nvidia canceled the cheapest of its new PC graphics cards, the RTX 4080 12GB model. Now only leaving the expensive and huge models. Again, Nvidia making a long line of poor choices. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to last week's podcast yet, but um, and the, so the graphics card that you know that you have in your computer, and I have one my computer. Um, the newest models are as big as an Xbox, like literally as big as an Xbox.
1: That's pretty massive.
0: Yep, and um, the smallest and most so- most affordable one is now canceled in favor of the more expensive and just truly massive ones
1: i imagine they'll lose some customer base
0: there yep um and that's something we talked about and touched in in last week's episode if you haven't listened to that definitely recommend that and moving into star wars news uh phase two of star wars the high republic uh, which is um a media, specifically a comic book and book um, Storyline that they're running right now is moving into phase two and they released some concept art from the New York Comic Con this, uh, last little bit includes a very young looking yattle with a Like it looks like just super young. I don't know. It's really weird to see uh, We've seen a, a concept yard of a young or very much younger Yoda, probably 200-year younger Yoda, but he looks just not so wrinkly, and it (laughs) makes a big difference. Then with Yaddle, there's no wrinkles and colored hair and the whole nine. Very interesting.
1: You see, I can't even imagine that. I'll have to take a look.
0: Yeah, definitely worth looking at the concept art. They have a lot of really cool stuff going on in that. Um, We've read one of the High Republic books, I think it was the introductory or the introduction book where it has the the hyperspace accident in it. Definitely a good book. Definitely worth checking out. Um, so, just the High Republic in general is going to lead to several other projects that are going to be coming up in the Star Wars lineup, whether it be comic book book or movie or TV for that matter. Um, lastly. Um, we have the second arc of the Andor Disney Plus show has been completed, leaving us with a visual wonder and a thrilling arc closure. What are your thoughts on that last episode?
1: I thought it was awesome. Um, definitely was intense. It was. I was sitting at the edge of my seat. My heart was pounding.
0: And your watch even said your heart was racing, and you were like not moving.
1: Yeah. My watch does that sometimes. I get really into what I'm watching. Um, Enver's been really interesting because it'll have those two build-up episodes that are a little slower and then this huge finale in the third episode. That
0: always pays off.
1: Always. It's been fantastic. Um, and i found that i had become really attached to these characters i was really surprised at some of the choices that they made i was really surprised at the loss of nemec and really sad um it it was a big payoff in general though i really really enjoyed that last episode
0: yeah i mean it was really sad with nemec because i mean he got through all of the fighting and it wasn't until they took off that you know the thing that they were stealing just You know that was the final straw there. That was hard.
1: That was so sad.
0: Yeah. So I mean, what did you think of the eye?
1: It was gorgeous. Uh, Visually, just stunning. It was beautiful. It was beautiful when they were looking at it from the ground. It was fabulous while they were flying through it. I was really impressed.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was really fun to see. You know, the heists going on and. You'd be going back and forth between um, the more religious Aldani people in their sacred valley right outside the Imperial base, and that created a lot of tension. But the, you know, it was showing the eye from their perspective, and oh, it was just so. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be that cool. It um, had all of those colors, and it was really cool when they were flying through the eye, and the TIE fighters were getting wiped out, and it was just all around them.
1: Yeah, they really hyped it in those two episodes about how great it was, and it was. It was that great.
0: Yeah, I was a little bit taken back by Scheme, his choice. So I mean, he in the earlier two episodes, he was very much this is the team effort here, um, and you know, he had said that Cassian that he was trying to get revenge, but it was always on a team level and the rebellion level then the second he had the opportunity i mean he wanted to have personal revenge and you know take 40 million credits and run um if he could fly that ship he probably would have taken all 80 million credits i mean um how do you think cassian handled that situation
1: i was surprised I, I wasn't really surprised when he shot him, actually, once um, the conversation started and it progressed the way that it did, I was like, oh, man, I don't know what he's going to do, but I think he might have to shoot him. <laughs> so when he did, I was like, well, that's a shame, but I saw that coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can shoot people in, like, the limbs, especially in the leg. And in Star Wars, they're, they're out of commission. But they're not dead but i mean that was a, what appeared to be a kill shot you know in rogue one cassian um, talks about you know having done all the, these terrible deeds in the name of the rebellion although he's not officially a part of the rebellion he's just getting paid for it right now but you can definitely see how that's starting you know between just and or cassian's himself kill count so far
1: he's a very hardened character yeah um. There's not a lot of soft and sweet to him. He's he's lived a lot of life. It's really um, hardened and jaded him.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting taken away from his home, you know, as a, a teenager. Um,
1: and everything he experienced before he left. Like yeah,
0: in a tribe of little kids, you know, who knows what they went through? And maybe they saw all their parents die. And who knows? We don't know. But uh, definitely, definitely he's seen some stuff and not the better for it. So with that, we have uh, Nemec's manifesto in Cassian's possession. How do you think that's going to affect him?
1: Well, obviously I don't know. But I think that he had developed enough of an emotional connection with him that... He will definitely read it. Um, and it'll probably take him a bit. I don't think he's going to be like, oh man, this is this is it. I'm in 100%. I believe in the rebellion now and I'm going to do it. Um, I think it'll take him a minute, but it will. I think he will take the time to read it. And I think it will change his perspective.
0: Yeah, I definitely think this will be the catalyst, if you will, of... Um, where we see him now to the the beginning of his journey into um, embracing the rebellion and um, yeah,
1: I'd be curious to see what role that manifesto plays in the rebellion in general. Whether it's you know his own thing that he wrote on his own or whether it's adopted into the wider rebellion.
0: That's a great question. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens i mean um we know that it's going to affect Cassian at some level we don't know how deep but um on a star wars explained youtube channel this week he alex from the show specifically mentioned that um you know we've had a like a backtrack of uh, from a new hope you know we have Um, Luke and Leia and Han and you know the whole rebellion that we see there um, getting the Death Star plans then in Rogue One we see you know the crew that were able to get the Death Star plans and that sacrificed themselves to get the Death Star plans to the rebellion and now we're seeing you know with Nimic that here's the idea of the rebellion because it's not fully formed yet getting passed into someone that will be in the rebellion um, so it's very interesting to see how that, you know, the idea will eventually become into the full-fledged rebellion that we know from *A New Hope*.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see that process.
0: Yeah, um, Tony Gilroy, the creator of the series and director writer, um, he did say that Episode Seven will be an interesting episode and will be its own episode arc. Then we'll have um, a three episode arc again then a two episode finale i believe um to round out the last six episodes of this first season um they'll be very interested i'm excited to everything that they have to present i'm really digging the series
1: yeah this is another one like rings of power where i was kind of skeptical at first like well we'll see how it goes and it's been fantastic i've really enjoyed every episode
0: yeah i mean when they first announced it um was it three four years ago now i can't remember three probably you know i liked rogue one i do like rogue one but it was like do we really need an episode or a, a show all about cassian like what what story is there to tell and now it was like i'm so glad we have this story just with these six episodes that we have because it's been so good
1: yeah i've really enjoyed it
0: yeah Anyways, that's everything we have for the Roundup and a, you know, a little mini segment about Andor. We encourage everyone to follow us at the Nerd Chatter Show on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook. And you can find all of our episodes of the Nerd Chatter Podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. If you're interested in becoming part of the community, you can join our Discord or head over to our Patreon, where we have Patreon-specific content for our supporters. If you're on YouTube, the links are in the description below for all the lightsabers that we talked about, and if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you can head to our website, nerdchatter.com, for any of the links that you would need there. Ariana. My beautiful wife, thank you for joining me today in uh, replacement of Don. Oh, you can't replace him, but thank you. I appreciate your time today.
1: My pleasure.
0: Everyone, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week.